Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Sixter, allowing marketers to automatically inject clickable images called campaigns into every one of their employee email signatures to promote their company's most important initiatives or content. Now, here are your hosts from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Content Pros Podcast. Really excited today. All the way from Scotland, we have Mike McGrill with us. Thanks, Chris. And, and Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, there's going to be so much to dig in on today. I, I don't know if we'll get to you know the story of how you've broken all your fingers, but uh, you know, that'll definitely keep people standing around. But you know, I really want to you know talk about you know, some of your past uh, in terms of working at Velocity Digital, where you're running your own show, uh, consulting for companies uh, around content, but more so now uh, moving into a really uh, exciting opportunity as the marketing director at e-learning startup called Administrate. So maybe you can uh, start us off by, by telling us about what drove you to that uh, that change in pace. Hi guys, thanks a lot for having me on. Um, so yeah, for about the last three and a half years I've been running a consultancy called Velocity Digital here in Edinburgh in Scotland, uh, delivering some great consultancy and output in terms of content marketing for companies of really all shapes and sizes so big big startups you know a uh, billion dollar company based here in Scotland right down to little local restaurants and it's been it was an incredible experience learned so much in that and it was a very successful business and then towards the end of 2015 an opportunity came my way to take a step out of that world and join a like you said a fantastic e-learning startup again based in Edinburgh called Administrate as the marketing director so uh, I'm getting my feet under the desk in that role and there's a lot of great work ahead to really help them take the business to the next level. So Mike I guess the first question I have based on that coming from an area where you were driving lots of strategy and I'm sure you did some of the execution too what learnings are you taking with you knowing that you'll actually be creating strategy for one specific business and probably doing a lot of the work to execute against it? Yeah, I think this is a very interesting change because, you know, at times I've been working on 10 different strategies for 10 completely different businesses. And each one very much requires its own bespoke approach, of course. Uh, now that it's a case of this is a ministry and this is what it needs to achieve is very much all of those little pieces of learning about what works and what doesn't and how the need to be so highly tailored, I can take all of that and apply it to this, but actually in a far more focused fashion. So it all comes together for the, the one of the greater good for this one business and that's one of the things that actually attracted me to it. I think when you're a consultant, you never feel like you've got complete ownership of anything because albeit you're telling these people things that is going to effectively change their business hopefully for the better uh, that's how you earn your fees but um, you're not necessarily at the heart of it and seeing how it really truly manifests itself over a space of time so I think being able to bring that all together and just channel it into that one one business but also help the team who uh, the team that I'm in, I've inherited in the role how how I can help them 
perhaps have a wider view of, of content marketing and social media that, that is out with the ministry as well is, is really important. Cool. So, so Mike, just you know, I'll follow this up with another question, but maybe just to set context for those listening today, because you know, it's great when we always get to, pe- to talk to people who are digging in on content strategy, but how, how big is the, the marketing and or content team at Administrate? So, you know, as you described, moving from working with really large enterprises, what type of team structure are you going to have? So there's a, there's me plus four, um, which is a pretty strong team, and that's a blend of great writers, designers, people who know social inside out, and and people who are great at things like email marketing, for example. So the team is um, is fairly uh, young. They don't have the the level of experience that I have, and that's a great opportunity for me to kind of get in there. And make sure that we're all pushing in the right direction. Um, things just need that strong guiding factor, and a huge part of my role is taking that team and molding it in the direction that we need it to for the better of the business. Um, that's a change for me because I've had employees in the past, um, but this is again they they were working on various clients, whereas this is different for me in that all these people know what they need to achieve for the bit for this one business so I can hopefully uh, maintain the focus for them as well gotcha so so understanding that now you know what is your approach going to be in terms of some of the things that you were doing for your own personal brand, both you as an individual plus velocity, and, and whether or not those are going to transfer? I mean, do you look at that from a team size perspective as to, you know, there's certain channels that work when you are a small team, you know, a, a team of four or five or, or something around the, that number, or is it more about the channels that are going to work for your audience? So uh, as an example, I know that you've been really big on podcasts. Is that something that you see that just transfers well with a small team given the, you know, the low cost to produce, or is it more of a matter of, of understanding who you're going to be reaching out to? One of the things I'm very keen to ensure happens is that we bring people really to the fore for administry across the business. So the guys at the top, the developers, the designers, the sales team and the marketing team, there's a big opportunity there to really make the people behind it sell the business, do the thought leadership and build the personality and that nice human touch that we all know is so important with with content. Um, You mentioned podcasting there. I started the Velocity Marketing Podcast um, around six months ago now, weekly show, big commitment to churn something out weekly, but I've been really blown away by the response to that, and so many people have said to me, Mike, we feel like we've really got to know you by having you in our heads every week for that 20 to 30 minutes. So I fully intend to implement a podcast that administrate. The key purpose of that will be to deliver various pieces of value to the people that use the system. So it's, it's called a learning management system, and effectively universities, large corporations use the, the software to manage all the training and learning for their staff. So there's various pieces of knowledge that can help them in many ways. So if you take the universities, for example, some of those will be selling short online courses to professionals. They need to know how to market those as well. Now, Administry actually has a marketing system built into it, but the podcast, we want to talk about e-learning and the latest trends in that, but we also want to be given extra value in areas that you might not expect. So I want there to be a marketing segment of that, for example. 
I just think it's the absolute killer thing is people, especially in a B2B SaaS-based environment. I love that. And I'm always curious too, Mike, as someone who works at a company that provides marketing solutions, there's a tendency where many of those companies may not be using all of their solutions. So with e-learning, thinking about something like content and social, which obviously you want everyone in your organization to help out, as you were saying, and you want them to have a presence and to be promoting content. Will you actually build out some of that training in your e-learning tool? And if so, like, could you share some ideas about what you have in mind there to help with enablement? So ideas for people that use administrate in terms of, of how to push their marketing forward. Yeah, maybe even using it internally. Like, would you could you use an e-learning product like that to help with enablement for content and social? Sure, absolutely. I think one of the things that I'm really looking to put into place is is an education system for a my marketing team, but the wider business as well. And actually, a lot of the the responsibility for the learning will will come down to the individual. You know, it'll be expected of them to learn certain things. And if we can use the the e-learning part of the software that we all live and breathe to deliver that, then absolutely fantastic. You know, simple things like having a required reading list. If somebody joins my marketing team, they're going to be given X amount of books on marketing, on sales, covering everything from marketing psychology to content to social. And it will be a big responsibility of theirs to make sure they read those books. They'll be given them as part of their joining package. And then from there, we will sit down, I'll sit down one-on-one with those guys and I'll discuss the key themes and the, the key kind of takeaways from the book and make sure they're getting them and hear their, their opinion on them. So while it'll be great to use the tool internally, there's various other things. Um, I want us to, so the podcast that I've been doing has predominantly been a wrap-up of the, the big changes in content marketing, digital marketing, the big trends literally on that week and I'll give my opinion on them and I'll tell the people that listen how they can action that. I kind of want to have that system within the marketing team of at the end of every week we go what's changed this week out there, how does it affect us but I want each member of the team to be on a weekly basis a different member leading that discussion so there's going to be so many different factors about the internal education and these are all things that I've used on a personal level over the years to make sure I'm always on the top of things, always kind of building my, it helps, it's helped me build my personal brand, but it's helped me build my skills and experience for sure. That's really interesting. You know, I think you know, too many of us just talking about learning in general overlook the importance of, of training and onboarding for roles beyond a sales role, right? I mean, we all think you know, our salespeople need to be trained better than anyone, but when you think about it as you're alluding to, I mean, our, our marketers or even our content marketers who are out there putting messaging out, uh, you know, need to be trained even more so. So, you know, just... Going back to your earlier point of, of taking on this opportunity to administrate, you know, what do you think are, are some of the key areas that you know, content marketers should be continually trained on to, to hone their skills? And you know, beyond obviously reading content, which we always say here is the easiest way to do it, but you know, what are some of the courses that you encourage you know, content marketers to really you know, dig in deeper on you know, a, a couple of years into their career or later beyond that? I think one of the key things for me is that people are always assessing and trying to improve on their writing skills because 
I think we can all think we're fantastic writers and we might have a remit within our role to you know, knock out X amount of blog posts in a month across the key themes and the topics for the business. And if we see those getting good traction, I've seen in the past people are too quick to get lazy and think, my writing's awesome, I'm never going to move on from it. The thing is, it takes someone else to say, actually, you know that crazy thing you do with semicolons all the time, that's really frustrating to read or your tone isn't always on brand. And I think, again, it's that having these really clear feedback loops and having honesty within a team to say, I don't like the way you're doing that. Here's how you can fix it. Um, one of the things I think people get almost, sometimes people are guilty of reading too much, doing too many online courses, reading too many blogs, getting involved in, you know, listen to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different podcasts every week and they think that's enough because they can talk about the things that are going on out there and the changes in content and if we strip it back to example for SEO, they can tell you what Google wants to hear but they're then not actually going and putting that into practice. We can all talk all day about the best things to do in content marketing and then drop people's names in like, oh, did you see Mark Schaefer's latest blog post? Absolutely phenomenal, wasn't it? But if you don't take that stuff and actually implement it and then show other people how you're implementing it, then it's a complete waste of time. And I think there's a big problem that we need to be far more efficient with all this content that we're reading as content marketers that can just get out of control. I, I want to dig in a little more there, Mike, and this is the time of the show where we love to give some love to our sponsors and the folks that make the show happen, and today we'd like to highlight Sigster. If you're not familiar with Sigster, odds are you're familiar with what they do. So we all send email, and Sigster can strategically enhance your employee emails to drive consistency and real-time marketing results every single time an email is sent. So it gives you the ability to customize email signatures across your organization. That could be used to promote a piece of content, your social channels, any major initiative going on within the company. So that's what Sixter's here to do. So we've talked about enablement. It's definitely a great tool to help with that. Mike, jumping back to what you just said, I think, you know, Mark Schaefer was the one who coined the term content shock. And everyone is overwhelmed with how much content is out there and trying to figure out how to break through the noise. You've worked with a lot of brands. You said from, you know, mom and pop restaurants all the way to a billion dollar company in your area. What are some of the biggest things we need to learn from the term content shock and there being so much content? Like how can we take that back and actually use that to our advantage at companies? Yeah, I mean that the the, the, the content shock thing from Mark was phenomenal. The reaction to it went so far and wide and I think it was a wake up call to a lot of people. The biggest thing I think we're gonna see and I'm hoping to see is the reduction of the frequency of content. So going back even two years ago, a lot of consultants you would speak to, so I am the local restaurant and I say to Mr. Smith, the consultant, uh, we need to write a blog. Uh, how often should we be blogging? Quite often people say, well, you need to be blogging two, three times a week. Just get it out there, get it out there, get it out there. Now all that thinking has, has built up over the years into this this content shock thing that, that, that Mark has, so well, uh, has done so well to kind of wrap up into something we all understand. So with most things in life, quality is more important than quantity. But I think with content production, that has not always been the case. Strip it back to Twitter, for example. 
a lot of advice used to be, oh, if you're a brand, you need to be popping out 15 to 20 tweets a day just, just to be seen, just to be out there. Now, I've seen brands and I've worked with brands who we've, we've removed that thinking entirely. We've cut it down to two or three pieces of great Twitter content in a day. And it's, it's 10x the results from that. So I think what we're going to see and what I hope to see is that people really take that on board and start to just make sure everything is top quality. Um, I heard a great um, quote on a podcast last week. Um, and it was effectively, if you're creating a piece of content, if it's good enough to be linked to in a Wikipedia article, then you're probably going down the right lines. Now, at first, I kind of thought, wait a minute, Wikipedia, you know, sometimes people take everything it says as a pinch of salt. But if you're writing something that would be, ha a lot of people would be happy to reference alongside their own work, I think you're in a winning spot there. Um, I just think that people need to understand that poor content is a direct reflection on the brand. And then if the person who puts out that content on behalf of the brands is a visible, if their personality and their personas at the front of that, it's also a reflection on them and it can do so much damage. The fact is, you know, Mark said in that book that the average US citizen consumes 15 hours of media per day. There's 24 hours in a day. So when do people sleep and when are they switched off? I kind of wondered. But in order to cut through that noise, you've got to be very, very special with your content. And everything you put out has got to be remarkable. You just can't be lazy. That's, that's a, it's a great way of thinking of it all. And you know, maybe the part that I'd love to dig in on a little bit there is, is how do we measure then what's working? And, and I'm curious, actually, we, we always ask this question and everyone has various different opinions, but I'm also curious back to how you're going to measure your team and mentor your team, not just how do we measure content uh, you know, through the company's output, but also on the individual. And how do you set individual goals for content responsibility to make sure that we're achieving the goals on your team? The first thing I do is really um, try to establish what, what people, I team members, are very much interested in from a marketing perspective. So somebody's role might be to, to, to handle email, but in the background, they might have a great, a real big interest in paid social, for example, but they've not been given the opportunity to really develop that or perhaps create content around that from their point of view. So I think the first stage for me is really to learn what the float, um, I don't know if it's a term you use in the States, but floats the boat of these people. What, what, what really kind of gets them passionate about marketing? Um, in terms of actually judging performance, there's certain things that I'll be putting in place over the coming weeks. Um, I think one of the biggest things is to take people out of their comfort zone. So somebody's very much used to being a, an email marketer or they're great on Twitter, but they've maybe not produced much long form content. So articles or blog posts. I want to say to them, here's a task, here's a topic. I want you to write a blog post. If this blog post is good enough, we're going to publish it on the site. So they get a bit of glory out of it by really putting the effort in to creating this piece of content that might take them even to a topic that they don't have a lot of um, knowledge of. So they then have to go away and research it, perhaps get some pe other people's opinions on that topic and collate that into a nice piece of content. And I think it's, it's giving people the, the kind of liberty to go and 
explore other, other areas that maybe aren't an exact part of their, their remit. I want to be creating teams full of T-shaped marketers. So people that have a grasp on all the key areas of marketing but can be channeled into a real specialism because no, no matter what anybody says, not everybody can be a specialist in every part of digital marketing, never mind the rest of the marketing, the, the, the rest of the marketing game. So people need to have a strong grasp of every area and still be specialized. But I think part of my responsibility or anybody who leads any marketing team's responsibility is to make sure that people understand the key areas and how they all work together. I'm going to reiterate what you said because I think this is a hot button topic. So the the concept of a specialist versus a generalist, which I, I know I've been saying this for a couple of years and some people have been talking about it too, that as a marketer, you have to know a lot about a lot. It's not where you can just specialize in one thing because that can change and completely kill an industry. We saw it with Facebook tabs. We've seen it with paid search. We've seen it with organic search. I mean, one little change and the world is rocked. So could you talk a bit more about that T-shaped marketer? Because I, I think a lot of people are still trying to find, like, this is my one thing when most companies are looking for people that are excellent at five or six things. Yeah, I mean, the T-shaped employee has been a thing for a while, but it was Rand Fishkin that wrote it up um, as, as a T-shaped marketer. And every week I probably get, I kid you not, 40 to 50 emails from university students who are studying marketing, or they might be studying a business degree, and they say, Mike, when I leave university, I want a career in social media marketing. How do I go about it? And the first thing I say is, forget a career in social media marketing, you want a career in digital marketing. And my advice to you is to start learning about all the key areas, social and content, how they work together, how all of that affects SEO, PPC, so on and so forth. Because there's been a real problem for me in the last kind of eight to nine years, social media has been the big buzzy thing that everybody wants to work in. And I think laterally, you know, in the last three or four years, it's been content as well. And I think that a lot of people are thinking that, that they, they're going to have an awesome career just knowing about one stream of marketing. And that, that's not a good way to go because ultimately it all works together. And if you don't have a, that, that, a grasp of that, you're going to struggle to actually progress in any career. And I think that's the thing. If you're always channeled down the one thing and you go into a job where you only get taught the one thing, like I know a lot of people who are phenomenal with Google AdWords but if you asked them to go and set up a Facebook paid campaign, they would not have a clue what to do. And to me, if you're going to be a paid specialist on Google, you should very much be able to work across Twitter ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, because it's because it's all because it's all this it's all the same for for the problem at hand. I, I think there's there's a real issue with um, when things become very trendy in marketing, people grab onto those and think that that's the career path they need to go down um, and it, it can be a real problem I think there's a in the UK there's a severe lack of uh, digital marketing talent and I think a big part of that comes from the fact that too many people just try and specialize in one area so Mike I want to dig back 
to, to a question I asked earlier and, and really, you know, around what you're saying, which I think is really interesting in terms of, you know, being, being more than just that specialist is, you know, with some of the more modern techniques out there, are the right, are there the right trainings out there to go learn about? I mean, we just, at, at my company, Uberflip, we just implemented for 2016 an actual training program where every employee gets a thousand dollars to go take a course that's going to improve them either in what they're doing today or where they want to take their career. But one of the things is I was trying to find courses is there wasn't enough in the more modern day ways we think about marketing. You know, there was a lot of SEO courses out there, but there wasn't a lot of, you know, marketing, uh, digital marketing courses, perhaps on writing, like you said, in terms of becoming a better writer. Where do you think those are going to come from, those, those types of learning opportunities in the future? I think there are, there's plenty out there, but um, they tend to be specialized, like you say. And the problem is, once you ask someone to go and do an online course in content writing, like for example, I know marketing profs run some fantastic, uh, you know, content marketing writing courses. That's going to cost X amount of pounds or dollars. And then you say, well, actually, you know, you really need to be thinking about how best to use social ads. Well, here's this course. And so what happens is you end up having this massive expense for a business. And then people end up having to spend far too much time learning over doing. And I think it's a real problem. And actually, there's a, I think there's an opportunity in the market to, to really have one business that offers fantastic modules that help people to become that that T-shape, uh, and then they could perhaps decide which part they want to specialize in. I think there, there is so much out there. In the UK, there's a business called eConsultancy. They do fantastic training. Um, that, yeah, it just goes on and on. And actually, one of the biggest problems is how do we choose? How do we know what to trust? Huge problem, and Chris alluded to it earlier, is that Sometimes on a daily basis, the game we're all in can change hugely. So how do you keep courses bang up to date? How do I know when I pay for a course for John and my team that it's going to be the most up-to-date information and then he's not going to come back in and say, oh, Mike, I've been learning about this thing. And then I go, ah, that's been obsolete as of last week because Facebook killed that feature. So the, I think that is a real problem for these businesses is how do you stay on top of things? And I am very disciplined in going back on the Velocity Digital blog. And if I've, you know, maybe I've created a post about um, a particular Twitter feature or a Twitter ad feature, but then they've cut that, I make sure I go and rip that out because the responsibility for people like me who are maybe creating content to help mark other marketers is if they like my blog and they trust what I say and then they take spend time reading up on something that's now obsolete that I've put out there, then that's, that's a bad move. And I think the training companies, um, it's a big problem for them, is how do we make sure we're relevant and we're on the money? I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think of the best way to follow that up, but it, it's actually a really scary problem because the more you think about that, it does change so fast. So how do we... I'm hoping this isn't a rhetorical question, but how do you think we can best combat that? Like, how can we try to get people in the work but still grow their education without putting them down a path that may be obsolete by the time they finish, finish an on-demand training course? I think we need to 
achieve the uh, Chris you don't ask for much do you I mean geez a, <laughs> a, a, a global solution for you right here no um, I think uh, it's a great question I think we have to have the right blend of external learning versus in-house learning so how do we take responsibility within a team to make sure we are all on top of the latest trends and the latest changes while that 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 power has to be devolved to every team member with somebody making sure that it's happening and then we have to make sure that we are very clear and aware of what the most up-to-date and most um, you know on the money sources externally are whether that's the top blogs the top courses or the top podcasts I think we need to ensure the right blend um, am I going to hit that with my team I hope so and actually what I'm really hoping is that uh, I can document publicly the learning process that we're going through with an administrate team because um, it's a pretty transparent business already but I want to push that even further uh, by saying this is how we do things this is why we do things and this is how it's affecting the business and I think that will help the business no end but it helps the whole business go down that path of the transparency levels to to show people how we tick as a business and how we are so involved in making sure we're trying to do things right but also recognizing when we don't do things right why not and how we then take learn from that and move on so trying to hit the right blend of internal education blend, uh, mixed up with the best external stuff is is tough to achieve but is I think is doable this, this has been great, Mike. I mean, it's such a hot topic that I, I think we've never really spent the time to dig into, and we could could easily go another hour just talking about you know how to educate your team. But you know, we'll we'll finish this uh, this uh, podcast up by by taking a look at your path to learning and how you got to where you were versus where did you want to be. So you know, we always ask our guests where they wanted to be as a kid. <laughs> I went from everything to the, the stereotypical firefighter to spaceman to um, I want at one time I was think seriously considering an army career a police career and it's pretty crazy how actually I've probably gone so far away from that <laughs> actually in reality of of what I've done over the years um, I think Back in, in, well, I know back in 2000 and the tail end of 2007, I decided that a digital marketing career was something that I was keen to pursue. So I'd already already graduated at that stage with a degree in marketing and I was working in an agency and I was in charge of pretty massive Google uh, AdWords campaigns and I started catching wind of social media and I thought, What's the best way for me to learn about this and hopefully get to a point in time where I can make this a part of my career? So I started something called the Social Penguin blog. And at one point, I had 10 people writing on that blog for me. We were doing really well, and it led to me getting asked to speak at conferences. And uh, this was all on the side of a nine to five. So the biggest thing that I say to people, one of the biggest personal learning tools is to start a blog about something you don't know much about because you can document your path, what you're learning. And then I got to a stage where I had an opinion on social media that people uh, put some validity behind and I started getting asked to, to guest blog and so on and so forth. Um, so I've kind of really made sure that I've taken my career learning really under my own my own strain and just made it happen and I think anybody can do it 
the tools are there to make a name for yourself. It's just making sure you go about it in the right way. Mike, I didn't hear anything about boxing there. I was waiting for the tie-in. I know you're a pretty avid boxer, so can we expect a podcast around boxing or anything there? <laughs> yeah, the, my boxing career uh, is, is very much fitness-related. Uh, I've been in the ring. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to stay, to stay fit, but um, I think something that I've really learned in the last few years is how important exercises in terms of your ability to do your job properly so we all should be fit but the mental aspect of feeling good about yourself because you're exercising regularly is a great thing um, the fact of the matter is I'm just not tough enough to be a real boxer I'm a little bit soft I think <laughs> but, um, but but the discipline that something like that teaches you in terms of keeping fit and learning a new skill is huge and I would love to I would love to be able to ensure that uh, any business I'm a part of has that kind of angle on things but you can't push you cannot push uh, people to, to do things in their own time that they don't want to be doing but um, yeah I remember when we were in London Chris we were comparing guns and I was sadly lacking in compare in comparison to yours and I think maybe at that time I'd also stolen your bow tie but uh, that was a night full of, that was a night full of shenanigans, and I gave you the bow tie back. So uh, yes, yeah, so I do have the bow tie back, and, and I would say you are definitively fitter than I. So that's something we can continue to work on. Randy and I, we may have to go out and get like a fitness blogger to join the show to help motivate us to do more workouts. <laughs> uh, good, uh, yeah, good idea, and I think. Um, the thing is, for me, when I started the podcast, I thought, well, I know a lot of people that run and work out while listening to podcasts, so I made a commitment to keeping the podcast under 30 minutes because I thought, yeah, I want people to listen to this when they're exercising. And um, at one point, I nearly had a fitness-based sponsor on there, but uh, what they were offering was absolutely dreadful, so I decided against it. But yeah, I think I think it's a cool thing to to to, to have as part of what you do. I'm not super fit by any means. Uh, in fact, with Christmas approaching, I'm just going to give up because no matter how hard I work, the 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 the, the typical British Christmas kind of uh, meals tend to be pretty full on. So it's going to be a good time of just eating and, and not worrying about the waistline. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for your time, Mike. It was a great show. I learned a lot, and definitely we need to be more like the T-shaped employees as marketers. So on behalf of Randy Frisch from Uberflip, I am Chris Moody from Oracle Marketing Cloud. We run the Content Pros Podcast. You can follow us at contentprospodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. We are there. Please do be so kind as to leave us a quick review, and we will talk to you all next week. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Oracle Marketing Cloud, Uberflip, and by Sixter, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by Audio Pig.